Hello, legends, and welcome back to Beyond the Likes. The silly season is upon us. I mean, it's kind of already here. I spent a weekend down in Milton where I basically just ate and drank all weekend. It was absolutely wonderful. That's what the silly season is all about, spending time with good friends and good family, eating cheese platters and drinking good wine and just being merry, you know? (laughs) But... It's a slippery slope. I have been very good all year, if I'm honest. Ever since I started doing Pilates, it's almost been a year. It's my year anniversary in January. That is a a huge accomplishment for me. For someone who absolutely despises exercise, the fact that I have maintained something for a year, I've basically made it a routine. I'm just reaching around, giving myself a pat on the back. Thank you. Well done, Amy. I've actually never stuck at anything. I loved Zumba. Of course I did, but I couldn't even stick with that. And I joined so many gyms and I would pay so many yearly fees. And then I'd just go for like a couple of days or a month if I was lucky. And then I would just never go again. So small accomplishments, small steps in the right direction. But I will say when I did start, I, I, you know, I started eating better and I stopped drinking basically completely throughout the week. And, you know, I felt amazing. I felt so much better. But the silly season is here and I am not one to shy away from a social event, nor am I one to shy away from a glass of wine. I don't tend to have a middle gear. I'm either driving or I'm drinking. And if I'm drinking, I'm in sixth gear and I'm having a, I'm having a good crack. I'm going to give it a firm nudge. And I tend to, I kind of have already slightly fallen off the fitness bandwagon. I mean, I'm still trying to go three, four times a week, but I've noticed that I've started to do midweek dinners with, you know, old work colleagues or girlfriends I don't tend to see as much. And Ryan's out more so with his work and Christmas parties are falling into the diary and mum's group and yada, yada. Anyway, I thought it would be a good idea to get on a dietitian because I just think we need some maybe little tips and tricks on how to stay somewhat balanced. She's not going to come on and basically tell us that we can't do any of the fun things or shouldn't say yes to all the social events. I don't think she's, I mean, I hope she doesn't come on. I'll have to kick her off. I'm sure she's just going to come on and share some tips and tricks and things that we can do on the other days that we're not out. Her name is Chloe McLeod. She is one one of the most experienced and sought after dietitians in Australia. I'm pretty sure her expertise is working with, you know, people with gut issues, food intolerances, things like arthritis, autoimmune conditions, basically those who are just wanting to continue to be at the top of their game. Everybody's different. Everybody's body absorbs things and nutrients and all of that jazz differently. So let's get Chloe on and we'll have a chat about her, get to know her a little bit better and then hopefully she can help us in the silly season. I mean, I I need all the help I can get. I will just go nuts and then come January, I'll be like, oh, I've got to get back on the health bandwagon. So, I mean, maybe I'll still do that, but let's see if she's got any tips for us. Hello, Chloe McLeod. Thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Likes. Thank you so much for having me on Beyond the Likes today, Amy. I'm really excited to join you. Oh, I'm so glad you are here. Um, you are definitely somebody that I think we all need to chat to, um, especially leading into this silly season. So are you able to just tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Of course. Um, I am an accredited practicing dietitian and, and before everybody goes, um, we're talking silly season and it's a dietitian, let's, uh, let's stop <laughs> listening. Um, certainly not here to be the fun police. It's all about looking at how you can have it all. So um, really very much pro um, that side of things. Um, me, other than being a dietitian, I run a telehealth nutrition business called Verde Nutrition Co, um, where I work with a team of other dietitians to help people to make nutrition changes to help them be their healthiest selves. Yep. And I have two little kids, Lily just turned three and Gracie's 18 months. So, you know, it's all pretty hectic over Amazing. here. Um, the juggle's very real. Yeah, the juggle's um, real. Yeah. <laughs> very real, very real. And do you work from home? Yeah, I do work from home. So, um 90, 99% of the time. So, um, you know, I'll try to leave the house to do bits and pieces, but yeah, it's from home, which is, again, the juggle. <laughs> the juggle, I know. And 18 months and three, they are very fun years. They're um, learning all about their emotions, but not quite sure on how to regulate them. So they are some some tough years, enjoyable ones, oh, yeah. but also quite challenging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. Um, it's like you were standing on my shoulder this morning. It was uh, a challenging morning, but it was also an enjoyable one. Um, but yeah, you know, nice. That's, uh, that's how it goes. And so you work with like individuals with like gut issues, kind of food intolerances and all that kind of stuff, right? So if, I mean, I, I, I would love to do the test to see if I'm intolerant, but also I'm also kind of wanting to be that person who just buries their head in a sand because what I don't know won't hurt me, or even, <laughs> even though it probably is hurting me. But if someone turned around and said, you can't have dairy and you're going to have to remove cheese from your diet, I just, I... I don't know if life would be worth living, you know? Yeah, no, I really feel that. And um, you're right, those are those are my fav- favourite areas to work in. I mm-hmm. think the, the thing that a lot of people think, though, is it's about removing and then never having. But with food intolerance, it's about working out what you can tolerate. And generally, the people who bring the foods back into their diet do a lot better. So it's oh, not about never okay. having again. It's about figuring out what you can tolerate. And how much of it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And what is, is there a difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist or are they essentially the same thing? Yeah, it's a great question. So essentially the same thing, but also a bit different. So a dietitian has to have a university degree, um, which is either a four-year bachelor or an undergrad and a master's, um, whereas a nutritionist may have a university degree, but may have done some other random course so um, it's just the term nutritionist is a little bit less regulated so if you are university educated there's my personal opinion is that there's not a huge amount of difference um you know there's a little bit of difference between some courses but not too much um but if it's not university qualified that's where the differences really start to show yeah of course but essentially it's a you like what do you do to help people is it people who come to you to lose weight or is it because of gut issues or is it because they're trying to cure like you know diseases and stuff what would a what would you know the average joe blow say like myself come to see you for yeah, so my my thing is helping people to identify where the gaps are in their diet so that yep. they can improve their health overall. So whether that's managing their gut symptoms, whether that's helping to improve energy levels, whether it's helping to improve sports performance, um, generally there'll be changes that we can make to somebody's diet to help elevate their performance, improve how they're feeling, help empower them to 
live better and, and feel better every day. Do you work, do you actually work with like athletes? Yeah. So, um, I used to be head of nutrition at the Parramatta Eels. Um, so I was head of nutrition there for five seasons. Ryan is going to die. He would love you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, they're, they're really great to, they, well, they were really great to work with when I was there. Um, and then I work with a bunch of individual athletes as well. So, um, a lot oh, of wow. endurance runners, um, triathletes, cyclists, um, from, professional to you know your everyday um athlete who's just you know weekend warrior style thing like a pilates athlete yeah do like pilates (laughs) athletes (laughs) can you um tell me what foods to eat to make me feel stronger because at the moment i am woeful on the reformer machines definitely so it's about fueling up beforehand making sure you've got plenty of energy to to do those um, to do those bears and do those um, pikes and, and things. I'm having bears on the names oh. of the exercises now. You're oh, <laughs> um, very good. That's um, funny because I I normally do my class on an empty stomach. That's a no no. So uh, often people think I'll do it fasted and that way I'll burn more fat. Yeah. Um, in certain instances, that's the case, but particularly for females, I actually really encourage females specifically to not train fasted, um, almost regardless of what they're doing. And the reason for that is um, all a hormonal thing. So um, particularly post-children and, and as we start to get that little bit older, um, training fasted becomes less of a good idea. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, just have something beforehand, just banana, slice of toast. Um, doesn't have to be big, just something that's got some carbohydrate in it to give you some energy for the session. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I, I actually had a muesli bar the other day before <laughs> and I I don't normally have breakfast beforehand, but I did. I had a muesli bar. I found one in the car thanks to the kids and I I feel like I may have performed slightly better. Like it wasn't as challenging as what it was. I don't know, maybe it was the sugary oats, but something in there gave me a bit of a boost. It was exactly that. It was exactly that. So um, have that before. You'll feel better in class. You'll perform better in class. Amazing. um, Yeah. Okay. Tip number one. (laughs) I'm going to be adding that into my uh, routine starting from tomorrow. Was there something in particular that made you want to become a dietitian? Yeah, so even on the food intolerance front, that's all the way back to me as a kid. I've had food intolerances since I was a little kid, so always had to be aware of what I was eating and aware of the impact that different foods had on my body and and how I felt. And um, then as I got a bit older, started playing more sport, um, I played state-level hockey and, again, was really aware that, you know, if I'd rocked up to training and hadn't eaten my afternoon snack, then I was probably going to struggle a little bit and... um, So, you know, it, it, um, it all sort of went from there and that background is really why I'm so passionate about helping people to make the changes in those two specific areas now. Yeah, unreal. And how long have you been doing it for? Uh, so I finished uni in um, 2008. So um, my first year oh, out was really? 2009. Yeah, so it um, makes me feel a bit old when I think about it now. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> trying to quickly do the maths there, like 14 years or something. Yeah, so um, yeah, so it's been a little while. And, yeah, that's um, unreal. I started working for myself about six or seven years ago now. It's been been a bit of a ride. There's been of um, lots of learnings, as, as I'm sure there is in, in everybody's lives and careers. Um, but, yeah, I started Verde Nutrition Co. in January this year and Unreal. it's been lots of fun. So Yeah, yeah. good. And it's your little baby and your blood, sweat and tears, but... 
exactly. yours, right? It's exactly. Yours. Yeah, that's it's, exactly um, right. It's so rewarding. Okay, so down to the really, really important questions and the main reason I got you on. The silly season is essentially upon us, if not already here. And I myself, even as, you know, the as an individual, I, I know that oh, from November, maybe even mid-October onwards, the social calendar opens up and the weekends and the girls' Christmas parties and the mum's group Christmas parties and the and even with my husband, like he starts having his, you know, client Christmas parties and there's just a lot more socialising and there's a lot more drinking and there is a lot more eating. And, you know, I think it's easier to kind of stay on the somewhat balanced bandwagon throughout the year, um, especially when it's cold and all of that jazz. But during the silly season, I think we tend to, I think it's a bit of a slippery slope into, I don't know, having the extra vinos and the extra cheese platters and the desserts and stuff. So, Is it possible to still do the Christmas parties and all the social events and also try to kind of keep our nutrition on track? My answer to that is a a very firm yes. It just comes down to a few things. So, you know, as I sort of said at the start, certainly not here to be the food police or the alcohol police. As a probably a little bit of a caveat to some of the things I'm probably going to say as we chat, looking at the, the alcohol guidelines for women, it's one alcoholic drink per day, and that's a standard alcoholic drink per day um, with two alcohol-free days in the week, and for men it's two per day and two alcohol-free days. But, I mean, I'm also not born yesterday, and, you know, a lot of the time people are going to be consuming well in, well in excess of that. I want to be clear, whilst I'm not advocating for that, I also appreciate that, you know, it's going to happen. So it's about working with actual life rather than trying to wear blinkers about what people should be doing and aren't. Yeah. What can we do? So when it comes to looking at your Christmas parties and, and as you said, it's often ends up being not just weekend things where it's maybe catching up with friends, it really starts to spill over into the week, whether it's, you know, girls' dinners, dinners with clients, dinners like to celebrate the year with um, with your work buddies, yeah, whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. And, it, and it, as you said before, it can really start to overflow. So I know you're not a planner, but um, a big part of it is actually um, having a little bit of a plan in place on how you can manage it. So I like to suggest having a look at what's coming up in both the follow like this coming week and then the following week. And, you know, if this week's looking, maybe there's a little bit less on, but next week it's like it's rammed. Maybe there's something on every night. This week, let's really focus on great nutrition choices, make the best choices you can, think ahead of the time and have some extra alcohol-free days in there when you're at home, when you're not around everybody else. But then when you're in that thick of it, shall we say, of, of all of those social events, prior you will thank you if you can plan a little bit in advance so whether it's that um, online grocery shop with whichever company you're using so that whether it's um, pre-prepared meals whether it's just getting the food delivered and you're still preparing it at home having so that you've still got that healthy food around because essentially you're going to eat what's there so that when you are eating your meals at home you've got those healthy meals or you know if you're eating a meal that's not in that social situation, maybe you you still are in the office, but it's not a celebratory meal. You can still aim to, you know, bring that healthier thing in with you from home so that again, you're in control 
of what you can control. So controlling the controllables. I think that, you know, it's a little bit like when you think about Pilates is amazing, but there's also all the other activity that you do through the day, which really adds up to, to how healthy you are. And your nutrition's the same. It's not just about that one meal that you're having out, or maybe it's that those five dinners that you're having out in that week. If you can stay on top of breakfast, lunch, and snacks, you're controlling the controllable and still making those healthier choices. It's not a case of like, it's all gone to shit, so I'm just going to – oh, am I allowed to swear on here? Um, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it's it's not a case of like, oh, I'm going to make some unhealthy choices, so I'll just make unhealthy choices all week. It's yes. let's, let's stay on top of it. Yeah, I always try and do like I'll be the most upfront person when it comes to my diet. I absolutely love – a portos and I love a cheese platter and I love a good bottle of red. So, but I've always, instead of depriving myself of the, the foods that I love, my soul foods, I will always just try to balance it out. So I will often have a portos for lunch and then I'll have a really light dinner. I'll have a piece of fish and a salmon. Or if I know yeah. that I'm going to go out for dinner and have a big pasta or a big pizza or something, I'll try and have a smaller lunch. So I think I've always tried to look at what I eat not per meal, but as a whole over the whole day. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, yeah. you know, if you know that it's going to be, you know, that a Porto's for, for dinner tonight, like, yeah. sure, get stuck into it. But let's yep. let's choose that more veggie-based lunch, still plenty of protein, still some healthy carbs in there, but make sure you're getting that veggie component in there at lunchtime. And, and ditto with your breakfast, making sure that that's – that more vegetable filled breakfast that particular day. Um, because then, you know, it, I'm not saying it doesn't matter what you have for dinner, but it means that it matters a bit less if it's that less healthy thing. And yeah. coming back to the soul foods as well. And, and I think this stands true for any time of the year, trying to deprive yourself of the things that you love. It's just a recipe for disaster, right? Yeah. So if your thing is a cheese platter and some apportos and you know, a few glasses of wine. Well, let's work out how they can fit into your lifestyle rather than missing out on them because mm. you can you can 100% achieve your health goals with fitting those things in regularly as long as you've got that balance there of making great choices the rest of the time. It's, it's like how do you find that balance and that, it, that's exactly how. So you just plan to include them. And what about, I don't know if you know the answer. I mean, I'm sure you do. This is my theory. My girlfriends and I have been Googling what alcoholic drink has the most, the least amount of calories. Now, I, I always used to think it was like a, a vodka soda and fresh lime or something. But then my girlfriend said to me the other day, no, it's actually champagne. Like champagne has the least amount of calories. Can you confirm this is correct? <laughs> it, it depends a little bit on like what your standard drink is. So yeah, if you look at like, yeah. So if you look at it from like a, as, as a standard pour, um, then a standard pour of champagne is the lowest. But if you're looking at it as a what you would actually pour or maybe like what you'd purchase at a bar, for example, you're not generally purchasing a single standard pour of champagne. It's usually one and a half standard drinks worth when you're out, yeah. whether it's champagne or white or red or whatever it might be. Whereas if it's a, a spirit, then they actually have to pour like the standard pour unless it's a cocktail and you're so you're aware of how many shots yeah, are in there so something like your vodka soda gin and soda um, i actually think tequila is slightly lower than both of those which is super random yeah. um, so <laughs> I, I was like oh so i can order margaritas but then obviously there's all that sugary stuff I, yeah 
it's all about what you put with it. So, you know, something yes. like your one of your spirits with some soda water is going to be um, be pretty low, particularly if you're in that social situation and you're taking it from a bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is always good to know because I used to love when my girlfriends and I go out for like our Christmas lunches, our go-to is we just order bottles and bottles of rosé. And I've, you know, I'm recent, I'm just learning slowly that rosé is actually one of the worst (laughs) in terms of like calories and stuff. And look, not that it bothers me that much, but now that um, I'm closer to the age 40 and, you know, have to be somewhat, make smarter decisions with food and alcohol, we are now trying to make sure that if we are knowing, if we are going to go out for like a long boozy lunch, what can we drink that isn't going to destroy us the next day? So, I mean, I would probably say that champagne is, as we've said, calories are a bit lower, but it's one of those things that can go to your head a little bit more. It you know, has the potential to leave you feeling a little bit worse off the next day. the next Um, day, yeah. Yeah, so I think... You can't win, right? You can't win. So the way that I like to see it's like choose what you like. So if rosé is your thing, have rosé and enjoy it and then just go back to healthy Pilates Amy the next day and, you know, yeah. that's how you stay on top of it. And do you know what I, I – you know what we actually did? Um, I went out in Cronulla with some girlfriends a couple of months ago and very clever. One of my friends actually set an alarm on her phone. So every hour an alarm would go off and say, skull of water. Oh, that's we were, clever. We were, out, <laughs> we were out for, I don't know, six hours. Like we'd gone for a lunch and then we went somewhere afterwards for some drinks. And, you know, you just my, – my problem is I will be having so much fun and I'll be having some wines and then I'll move to cocktails and if I'm in a really fun headspace, there'll be shots. And <laughs> – and then I'll get in an Uber to go home and it will all hit me and I'll want to die the next day. But she, her alarm kept going off and we just kept having waters. And then I got home. Not only did I feel remarkably somewhat sober, but then I was like, oh, I'll have a hydrolyte as well as a Nurofen. And I put myself to bed and I was fresh as a daisy the next day. That's it. It's um, And if you think about the impact that alcohol is actually having on your body, one of the main things that does is it dehydrates you. And that's one of the main reasons why you feel so dusty the next day is because yeah. you're so dehydrated. So in, I love that suggestion of the alarm. It's, um, that's genius. I might, it I might have to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> honestly worked an absolute treat. And yep. I, I, I think I'll be implementing it into my life for future use. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. One of the strategies that I like to talk about with my clients, it sounds a little bit random, but when you're sitting at that, you know, that Christmas lunch, if instead of having the glass of rosé being the thing that's easiest to reach, bring your glass of water in front of it. Because then when you're actually thirsty, you'll pick up the water because it's in your line of eyesight and it's what you'll pick yep. up. And then when you feel like having the wine, that's when you're like, oh, I'll grab the wine and you sort of reach around to grab the wine. Um, yeah. try it out next time. Um, it works better than you think it's going to work. So, okay. I have a girlfriend's birthday, yeah. uh, this Saturday night. I will try that theory. I'll put my water closer and my wine further back. I will look forward to hearing what you think. <laughs> and so do you think there is, um, certain foods that we should try to, I guess, prioritize over others when we are going out? Like, in t- or, or are you just saying if you are going to go out for the lunch, um, you know, your girl's Christmas lunch, eat what you want and then have a healthy day the next day. 
a little bit of both. So if literally the only meal out and if we're looking at this party season is that girl's lunch, then I'd probably say just go and eat what you like, have a great yeah. old time, you live know, your let life. your hair down and live your life. Exactly. Yeah. So whereas if it's, you know, those sort of constant things across the week, that's where I think that being a little bit more strategic is really helpful. Um, as an example, you might go, okay, well, I know I've got the girl's lunch, which is at, you know, this nice restaurant where the food is that bit healthier if we make the right choices versus the client dinner, which is at that burger place that we all love. So, you know, it's going to be impossible to make a healthier choice at the burger place. So, um, you know, you might make the best choice that you can, but it's still not going to be a very healthy option. Whereas then at the lunch, it's like, you know, still let your hair down, enjoy yourself, but, you know, maybe let's prioritize some of those healthier options over the less high fat, high salt type sort sort of things. It comes back to that, like have a think about what's going on across the week, being kind to yourself and, you know, you deserve to enjoy yourself, let your hair down, have fun. You do that every single night or every single day over a period of time. That's when the health goals start to go a little bit pear-shaped. So just reflecting on what's available and, and being a little bit strategic. And do you, this is a segue into other something else, but do you think that, because I'm not one that takes any, but do you think that people should be taking supplements? I've just, I was just thinking then like one of my girlfriends, she doesn't eat any red meat and she, she's a bit of a fussy eater, God love her. She does, she kind of just likes pastas and she'll have a salad here and there, but she doesn't eat any, like for someone like her, would you recommend taking supplements? Like how do they get energy? I know it obviously comes from carbohydrates as well, but. So they're definitely something I recommend and I yeah. frequently recommend. The way that I view supplements and this is whether it's your sort of your vitamins from a sort of a daily perspective or your sports type supplements, I like to like imagine a cupcake. You know, you've got your training, you've got your eating well and that's your cake and your icing, your supplements, they're the sprinkles on the icing on the cake. And and I've borrowed that from a, a very well um, accomplished sports dietitian called Louise Burke. She uses that example and um I think it's such a good one, partly because it's yeah. cake. <laughs> um, yeah. You're not going to go and eat the sprinkles and expect uh, it to be as good as be a an cupcake amazing on cake. Its own, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, supplements can be really useful, again, to fill the gaps when they're there. So, for, for example, somebody who's vegetarian, I'll often be suggesting an iron supplement if they've yeah. had a blood test, check their iron levels um, to make sure that their iron levels are where they need to be. Yeah. Um, for people who are fussy eaters, um, and I'm not going to make any specific recommendations to your friend without assessing her, but I would often be recommending a number of different things um, after assessing diet to make sure that we're filling those gaps because, yeah, yeah best case would be to not be as fussy and to eat more veggies and, and everything, sure. Um, and, again, best case scenario, but also it depends on where somebody's at. And if they don't want to do it, well, what's the next best yep. thing? How can we fill some of those gaps? That would be with some supplements. You know, it's it's pretty easy to be like, oh, it's, it's easy just to eat healthier. In some instances, it's, it's not it's not so easy for so many different reasons. So oh if there's sort of backup options, let's go with them. I was talking to a friend the other day. I, I wish that there was, you know, all the, you've got like all these Maccas and all KFC and everything, everything that's drive-through and really convenient is unfortunately junk food. How good would it be if there was like a drive-through sushi place or a drive-through salad place? Oh, I just, so I good. Just, Yesterday I was with a girlfriend and we were shooting some content and we were starving but and we had a very, very tiny small window and we were driving from A to B 
and we were just like, oh, we'll just get Maccas. And I was like, I did not even feel like Maccas, but the convenience of it outweighs having to get out and park the car and drive into, you know, walk into Woolies and buy a loaf of bread and blah, 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 make a sandwich. It's frustrating that there isn't a healthier alternative out there somewhere. Yeah. I've never seen a a drive-through sushi place. I think you're onto something. Maybe we should open one. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm sure there's probably rules and regulations around it as to why it already hasn't been done. But if not, look out. Sydney's first drive-thru <laughs> Sydney's um, first th- drive-thru sushi. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Created on this podcast. So what about, um, just quickly, I'll let you go soon, but what about fruit? Because I get lots of conflicting, I hear a lot, lots of conflicting opinions when it comes to fruit. Like like my dad just cut me up a plate of fruit. It was delicious. But then there's all this like, oh, fruit is, you, you only have to have a tiny, tiny amount because it's super high in sugar and yeah, please. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, Big B's wise, let's listen to Big yeah. B. And, I, um, I always do. <laughs> so um, without getting too boring, your recommended intake of fruit per day is two to three pieces of fruit um, yeah. or, or serves of fruit, which is about a cup of chopped up fruit. If you compare like the sugar content in fruit to other sweet things, it's significantly lower. I think yeah. it gets a little bit of a bad rap um, in part because of fruit juice. Um, yeah. If you think about, say, like a glass of orange juice, that'll have six to eight oranges worth of sugar in it. Um, all the fiber's also been removed. So it digests really quickly, plus it's got loads of sugar in it. Whereas if you just eat an orange, the fiber slows the digestion. It's significantly lower in sugar. So yeah. it's I think fruit gets really unfairly demonized. Um, it's more when it's been sort of blended up and you're having you're not going to sit down and eat eight oranges, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, eat whole fruit, enjoy it, go nuts. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. good. Big B's on the right track. He has always fed us fruit. He's a little fruit bat. He loves his fruit. And he's, <laughs> he's a wise always man. drummed it. Yes, he's always drummed it into us to eat it. So I've um I've grown up eating lots of fruit. My kids absolutely like my son will eat a whole punnet of blueberries, which I mean, I don't know if that's great. But I was like, surely it's better than eating a carton of biscuits, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. My my kids eat um punnets of blueberries all the time, if okay, that gives good. you a, a good answer to that question. Oh, well, um, if you know, eat a punnet of blueberries, I'm doing something right. Yeah, get get stuck into it. I feel like blueberries are like cracked to little kids actually. Oh they just God, they, really they go are. nuts. Yeah. And they're soft and sticky <laughs> and they're safe for them to eat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last question, because I know that I, I'm sure some women would love to know the answer to this. Is there things that we can do naturally with food and all that to boost our metabolism? Thinking about boosting your metabolism, it's that there's so many different products and different things out there, but there's not a whole heap of science around it. Actually, one of the best things you can do is weight training. So, um, you know, when you're at Pilates, putting that extra spring on so it's that little bit heavier. Um, if you're doing like going and doing actual weight training, making sure that you're using those sort of heavier weights, under training, like under guidance of your trainer, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. the more muscle you have, the um, the higher your metabolism will be. So um, that's it's literally one of the best things that you can do. From a nutrition-specific perspective, eating all your veggies 
I know it's not the most exciting message, but that hitting that five serves per day. Um, so a cup of salad is one serve, half a cup of cooked vegetables is a serve. So aiming to hit that five serves across the day. Part of why it helps is because it means that you're getting all of those nutrients in that your body needs so your systems work effectively. And it's it's not about eating it all at once. I could see you start to say, how then? A cup is one serve and then another cup is another serve. Where would you fit where would you get the other three serves? Like where could you put them in? Yeah, so you might have, say, two cups of salad with your lunch and then, say, half a cup of – sorry, one and a half cups of cooked veggies with your dinner and there's your five. Um, Or you might go, actually, I'm going to have a sandwich for lunch, so to have two cups of salad, there's a bit much. So I have one cup with my lunch, but then um, I'm going to put – a handful of spinach in my smoothie at breakfast um, to get my to get my other serving or I'm going to try having some I'll have like a bit of a snack plate as my afternoon tea and maybe there's some snow peas and some carrot sticks and some celery and some of those green cucumber. beans yeah we do cucumber, cucumber carrots um, a lot with like hummus perfect so yeah. um, I think it's one of those things that's a lot easier than you might think but and unless you've got the stuff there that's when it's hard and there's no drive-through salad bag (laughs) places or anything like that you know maybe we can add that to the menu at our sushi place but um, I I actually said on my stories recently about those ready-to-go bags of salad that some people say it's really lazy to have them I'm like hell no it's like it's smart it's convenient you don't have to chop anything you literally open the bag and you pour it out so this is honestly music to my ears because that is my kids one or two servings of vegetables most nights like those salad bags they they are a godsend because one of them I can just put that in the microwave and then I divvy it up between all three you know and it goes with their you know their mashed potato and their bit of uh, protein or whatever you know what Murphy's law if I had you know got the carrots and peeled them and chopped them all up and boiled them myself they wouldn't eat them but (laughs) when they're in the microwave I actually remember somebody shaming me once because I mentioned those microwave bags and then I, I, it wasn't yourself, but I remember a dietitian coming on being like, nah, these are great. Like yep. they're literally, they've been in the freezer and you're just thawing them out. It's perfect. You're a busy mum. It saves you time. Like the chopping and all that stuff, it's, you know, it sounds like a small barrier, but you know, when there's a million things going on, it actually often is the barrier. Yeah. Kids screaming at you. Yeah. And I mean, even on the frozen ones, what actually happens with those, they get snap frozen. So they're picked, chopped and frozen immediately. So if you compare though, like, you know, those frozen carrots to the ones that have been sitting in your fridge for a couple of weeks that have gone a bit floppy. Um, yeah, that one's fresh, but your frozen one's going to be way higher in nutrients than, yeah. than the fresh one in that instance. So Take that, trolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can only speak from my own personal experience. I think that I have been doing things kind of correctly in that I, I do try and always have some sort of balance. Like I, I do in, I, I've actually decreased my alcohol intake since starting Pilates. Yeah increase my water intake and I awesome. noticed I I noticed a significant change in how I felt. So I do think little steps in the right direction just with your know, nutrition and even exercise and water consumption. It just it plays they all play a small role in making you feel so much better overall. So it's good to know all these little t- tips and tricks coming into the silly season anyway. Yeah, and I think you've really hit the nail on the head there as well when it comes to like helping yourself be healthy in the long term. It's these little changes that you make and, 
and habits that you develop that help to maintain health sort of regardless of what's going on, you know, regardless of if you are out having, you know, those meals out or those drinks out more frequently than usual or, you know, maybe just life has gone a bit pear-shaped and it's it's all a bit hard. You've still got those base healthy habits in there which yeah. help to maintain what you're doing and even if it's not completely optimal, it's you're still sort of ticking most of the boxes which is which is awesome. Yeah, unreal. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on and imparting all your wisdom and nutritional guru stuff on us. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And I will pop all your handle details if anyone wants to get in touch with you and have a chat and, you know, get some guidelines around how they can live a happy, healthier, more nutritious life. I will put them all in the show notes. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Thanks so much, Amy. Thanks so much, Chloe. I'll chat to you soon. Okay, legends, thank you all for joining us. That was Chloe. She's so lovely. Um, Sorry if the internet connection was a little bit poor there. I'm not sure what was happening. I don't know if it was her end or my end. I'm so grateful that she jumped on with us. Um, The good news is we can still do all of the social things and we can still let our hair down and still attend all of the events. But when we aren't attending the events, we need to be living our most healthy selves so that they balance out so that we can uh, hit Christmas just well-rounded, merry individuals, you know, that have gone out and had a good time but aren't feeling woeful and a little bit sorry for themselves like how I used to be in my 20s and I just used to party, 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 party. So, yeah, thank you for joining us. I hope you all have some really fun, exciting things in the calendar. If you don't, please organise a girls' dinner or a a family little social event, get your work colleagues together, book in some karaoke, book in a long lunch, even with your husband or your sister. I wish I had a sister. That's a topic for another day. Um, I'll put all Chloe's details below. If you are looking for a nutritionist or a dietitian, or you have any gut issues or intolerances or you just want some guidance or some help, but have a fantastic week, weekend, whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this, and I will chat with you next week. Thanks. Bye for now. Mwah.